Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. It's come to werewolves. It's come to American <laughs> werewolves. America, yeah. Right? American werewolves abroad. Yeah. Where, where is he now? Yeah. He's in London. <laughs> I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. This is a movie podcast. And, this is, uh, this this is, is a one we one. talked about doing from like episode one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is one we've waited on for a while. It's like, oh, you want to do a movie podcast? Cool. So what? Like we talk about American werewolf yeah. in London. This is, man, right <laughs> up there for me. Pretty much. This is big. This is a top tenor kind of movie here. I love werewolf movies. In yeah. general, I lean wolf. I I, I, I like I'm bad wolf movies. You know, we love indie wolf movies like Wolf of Snow Hollow. Mm-hmm. We covered really good one. Man, I love the Jack Nicholson wolf. Ooh. Give me that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh. That would be a tough ep- tough. Oh, I can't wait for the one. wolf episode. <laughs> Dude, I lo- give me that Benicio Del Toro one. Uh, that's a good one. Sure, give me that. You well, you'll straight face the Wolfman <laughs> with Benicio Toro, and you'll that's a good hem one. and haw over the Jack Nicholson as a wolf. It's uh, sir. I know, I know, sir. Maybe too many afternoons on TNT. <laughs> I think <laughs> wolf dominated cable. But, yeah, there's a lot of wolf uh, uh, for a brief period of time in the late '90s, where it's I like, lo- okay, <laughs> All right, Joker. I love wolf stuff, man, though. Wolfman Universal is so good. Oh, for it's sure. It's a great, great genre that we've kind of covered. We we have a lost legendary episode of The Howling, an episode that I'll say is one of our best. <laughs> I, I remember lost nothing from Lost to the it. graces of technology. Yeah. So we haven't really covered as many werewolf movies as I think we thought we would set out to do. I think we've been doing a lot more vampire. It feels like vampire has been... Uh... I do love vampires. I know. I love these monsters. Uh, Frankenstein. <laughs> I know. I love them all. But, man, <laughs> as far as werewolf movies go, there's a reason mm. we, we thought of starting with this. This is the cream of the crop. This here. is so good. I uh, Yeah. This is revolutionary for werewolf movies. It's going to seem pretty obvious to a lot of things uh, I feel like I say about this movie, but it'll be like, it's really cool when this happens. It's <laughs> yeah. really cool when this happens. I don't think I have a lot of but, new insight into yeah. this one. Like This movie's been picked pretty clean, right? I, I also feel like I notice something new each time. I notice more each time. I feel more for these characters every time I watch it. It's true. I'm like I cry at the end of this movie a little Man, bit. Man, I've like, been I tear up at the I've end. I've been of weepy in general world. lately. I've been yeah. re I've been a real easy spigot lately. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't take me much. I don't know why. I've been getting real like West Side Story broke me it's and been, then that yeah, right. been, it's like everything since the floodgates like, were open, me. now it's yeah. just flowing. It's too much. It's good. It's good. It's been it's, a long two years. Yeah, you know, right. Like, man, out. it started, it's like I can't <laughs> help it. So yeah, stuff like American Werewolf just this hits me so hard and God, you know, it's it's crazy when you can connect to a movie like this. And this yeah. was not a movie I grew up with. I didn't see this till probably like, you know, my 20s. I don't really have a history with this one until you just hear so much about it. Yeah. It it has this legendary rep for, you know, you know, all-time great makeup effects. The the werewolf transformation <laughs> scene of the, all time. Yeah, the makeup effects that were so good that the Oscars had to event Invent like a new Oscar That's how you to know give you're out. Good. That's cool. That's good work, right? Like there. there's still missing Oscars. There's no yeah. Oscars for casting. There's no Oscars for stuntmen. That's stupid. Get it together. You guys. know those people. Like, how do you anyway? But yeah, no. But, the fact that but, Rick Baker uh, makes something so cool that the Academy just goes, I we we have I, to acknowledge. We that got this more of these happened. statues, right? How crazy is that? that? The first example of it was, all right, somebody needs to be made aware yeah. that this guy did this thing in a movie. I know, right? I don't think of, there's hardly any other Oscars that have came about because of that. It's uh, it's crazy we haven't talked more about Rick Baker. I know. Speaking of. Rick Baker is so important to like my love of genre work because he's not just a horror god. He's just oh, yeah. all of the greatest. I mean, the grisliest horror but then stuff like men in black 
It's like sure. the most cutting edge. Like he's on every kind of technology. And like monkey, like mostly any ape movie you saw in yeah. the eighties was a. Oh Rick yeah, Baker. the the King Kong comeback. The uh, the Groden one. Didn't he even do like gorillas in the mist kind of shit. Oh yeah, Mighty Joe Young. <laughs> gorillas in the oh, mist kind of shit. But then somebody. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized that was like the dumbest thing I've ever said. <laughs> Point being, Rick Baker has seven Oscars. I know. One of them for the 2010 Wolfman with Benicio Del Toro. Oh, wow. Which he did the makeup for. That's great. Yeah. He's done everything. Dude I mean, rules. he's done, like I said, the grisliest horror. All the, so much wolf stuff. You great know, wolves. So great. And All this, this animal stuff. Ridiculous. Yeah. But this movie, like, there's so much more going on than wolf stuff in this movie. Oh, yeah. The actual scariest stuff in this movie is, like, not really wolf related. The the Nazi monsters to me are oh, by far man. the gnarliest, scariest thing. Yeah, when he is maybe Rick Baker's. There's ever this created. weird like undercurrent of being this like Jewish American abroad in a strange land, but the land's just like London. Yeah. So it's not like it's like our it's like is that a thing? Like is there something to be said about the or the way Jews are treated in London. I didn't. I don't know. John Landis had something the under to say. Current politics seem to be there in yeah. weird ways. When the Nazi dreams, when the stormtroopers kick in his family home and machine gun those kids. And what's crazy? This is a John Landis movie. That whole family died. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> Wrong movie. Wrong. You're thinking of something else. Those kids got machine gunned <laughs> in half, You're man. thinking of a different movie. Not, the last thing they later. saw was these Nazi monsters just I guess I'm cutting not, them in two. Not tagging John Landis in this uh, <laughs> so, this week's social media post. Oh, man. That's we saw the, John Landis. We did. We saw Rick Baker. We saw David Naughton. Dude, did I see him? We got that. I ha- yeah, this showed uh, at a local film festival, the Silver Screen. Like when was three it? Or... No, that was like two thousand six like years ago. Right? It was like eight years ago. So for long real. ago now. Yeah, that's where my real love of this movie is cemented. That was a is great that film view. festival. Yeah, because they had an anniversary screening of uh, this movie with all those guys in attendance. It looked incredible. Did the whole Q and A? It was thing. on the biggest screen. And yeah, seeing it on the big screen was. Amazing. That huge. Oh, so gorgeous. Yeah. And yeah, Landis was there. David Naughton was there. Uh, Rick, Baker Rick Baker was there, which is crazy. Soft-spoken, oh. mild-mannered Rick Baker. Yeah, it was nuts. It's so funny to see a guy with just no ego. Oh, man. Seven I mean, Oscars. Landis is out there like the showman with the, you know. I know. Taking the spotlight. And Rick's just like, yeah, it was a lot of, a lot of work. And, uh, <laughs> I know. You know, uh, we showed it to John. He liked it. He shot it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know. He's such <laughs> a guy. He's such a guy. Just like a dude who so, makes the most magical, like, like... Yeah, this is what I do. I like making masks. and Yeah. I mean, well, he's retired, and I follow his Instagram. He just makes things all day. He's 3D printing stuff. Yeah. My neighbor's out it. there sawing stuff all day. I don't know what he's building in there. <laughs> Got a little Ricky Baker I next I don't door. know what he's doing. He's a cool guy. We do the salute at the mail. Sure, sure. But, yeah, man, this is the same guy that Eddie Murphy's like, going to need a bunch of new revolutionary fat suits. <laughs> oh, he did and the fat suits? He did a lot of Murphy fat suits. Oh, he did the beautiful. clumps. Oh, He did I Norbit. So. He did all oh, that stuff. God, I was hoping you would not no, say Norbit. No, yeah, he but, did yeah. Norbit. All right. He's, he's if he gets he a ch- worked, that's man. the thing, man. Rick if this Baker guy gets worked. a chance to show off new things that he's learned, there's a couple things he's learned about new fat suit stuff. He's gonna get. I mean, don't he wants re- his chance to do that in a movie. Don't you remember the one thing everyone said was like the fat suits look good? Yeah, about that's that a cool movie. fat suit. <laughs> I mean, re- realistic fat suits still don't look that great all the time. No, I mean fat suit technology. Rick Baker took that a long way. This guy took every part of special effects makeup a long way. That's Let true. me tell you. That is true. The effects in American Werewolf are gross. Oh, yeah. There's some gross stuff in this movie. There's a lot of blood in this movie. That Nazi a lot scene of is, uh, is a real crowd shocker. Oh, yeah. There's some real jumps in this one, man. Yeah. It's not even uh, yeah, not even wolf-related, seemingly. Is, like you said, this is one I love more and more each time. It's pretty tight. For a movie that covers a lot of ground and skips around a bunch, it's it has a quick pace. Yeah. Really gets so. to it quick. Has a pretty like tight cast. And a great segue from actual comedy into real horror. 
Yeah, I was trying to figure out if we wanted to even talk about like this being a horror comedy. I mean, it always that gets label, billed as that, right? Yeah, that label feels like it's people making comedies with horror elements. Yeah, this is really a horror movie with uh, some funny elements. I think the, uh, most of the comedy is completely dropped once once you get the transformation. Then it becomes outright horror and kind of tender, sad. Yeah, yeah. this is so. I think whatever it's, it's, it's also got a very British wit to it. Yes. And obviously in London, Great a lot of London British setting. actors. The doctor, I think, is so funny. <laughs> yeah. You get the bumbling cops. Dude, I love mustache cop. <laughs> mustache cop. Off. Knocking that. Th- oh, man. Having to restack the, I don't know, uterus stomach lining yeah, model. Why was that there? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we saw every bit Great of its look. Uh, reassemblage, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this was like 1981. What was happening? I was born in 1981. Okay. Well, but then you know. 1981 was Wolf City. <laughs> it's true. There are so many uh, werewolf movies in this one year. This is how Hollywood does it, man. They're like, oh, they're making a magician movie? We're making a we're magician making movie. It. Dude, we're making Get the asteroid movie. movie, too. Yeah, exactly. What? There's so. I mean, Wolfen is a good movie. Tough coming out like a couple months after American Werewolf in London. Like, but then yeah. The Howling. And then they're already making comedy versions of it with like Full Moon High. Oh, like they're already spoofing. Like right. the Wolf movie had like Teen a Wolf. wild resurgence in 1981. Wolves were popular in the Big early Wolf. 80s. Yeah, Teen Wolf segued it. Are you kidding me? Good People stuff. And then vampires wolves. took over in the late 80s again. Once Twilight Lost, and all that. Shit once happened, well, once man. Lost Boys hit in the later 80s. Yeah, and you get you know Twilight movies dark, took over get, eventually, man. Well, yeah, the girls 2000s. It's yeah, a, it's a continuation. Well, the there were werewolves in Twilight, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right, this keeps going, <laughs> right? Right, wasn't I'm that a thing? Familiar with these? Anyway, no. you know this is going to have that level of perversion though, because this is also like a John Peters production. Mm. Love him, his name showing up in the credits now, and you get that great like, I love Jenny Aguder in this. The nurse in this is. How great is she? Nice. Easy on the eyes. Right? Is she the... I always ask this of different people, especially Jill Schoen, but is Jenny Aguda like the cutest? She is is so great this week. There is some very clear John Landis like fetishism, like (laughs) feeding shit. That feeding scene between her and David Nodding, that is like pornographic. Mm -hmm. And like the audience was like, I could hear people shifting. Behind me, right? This is like they were all getting. Oh my god, she is so like, she's so good in this. She's a great, also great career genre. I mean, I feel like John Landis had only done sex comedies before this movie. (laughs) Yeah, like that was his thing. He did schlock, obviously, in the early seventies. Jim O'Rourke, who gets the dedication, produced schlock. I I had to look that up. That's why he gets the dedicated to at the before the the titles, the opening movie dedication. Yeah. Don't see that every day. It's this is a personal movie. This feels like I, I agree. Landis had said he'd basically written this one when Schlock was happening, so he had this on the brain for like eight, nine years. This is cool. And I it mean, really comes out like he makes the most of. Like I said, pretty tight. He makes the most of every. Yeah, it's moment. like a ninety-five minute movie. He doesn't hit you over the head with it, but the dudes do show up in a sheep truck. Like these are the lambs getting <laughs> yeah, slaughtered man. by the wolf. Yeah, they're all the David subtext is like Dunn. really clear about what it is. Yeah. And you don't even have but to you don't pay attention it. to that. Yeah. You don't like you don't have to think why the stormtroopers are kicking in the door. Like why are there suddenly these alien war pigs? Yeah. He's just having really gnarly dreams. Like why is it suddenly heavy metal? Yeah. <laughs> in here? Like yeah. He's, but all of the shock effects go over great with a crowd. I got to see it, you know, I've seen it a couple times in the theater. It's just a great crowd movie. Big time. Because people are laughing in yeah. the early scenes because there's there's funny shit. Well, after David you know, wakes up from those bad nightmares and goes, holy shit. Oh, yeah. to that effect. Uh, the audience is like, yes, yes we agree. <laughs> yes, agreed. I'm glad you said it. You also get the great, ridiculous. <laughs> you also get the great dream within a dream. One of those I love when that kind of dumb stuff shows up in a movie. Man, give me the dream within a dream. Such a cliche now, but <laughs> I know I love it though. It works. Well, you're Rick Baker. This is one of those. The comparison's dumb, but it's the same spirit. Like his work in Gremlins Two, sure, is so just like oh, I can do anything. <laughs> it's in the movie. It's in the movie, <laughs> and it just looks like a guy. Like you said, he's like a dude in his eighties who's tinkers in his workshop and makes cool shit that he wants to make. Yeah. 
He wants to make a little wizard set. He's going to make a little wizard set in his garage. He's Rick Baker. Yeah. And so a movie like Gremlins 2 just felt like, oh, I'm going to make like 50, I guess. (laughs) Are they all going to make it in? Probably. Maybe some will just be up on the third deck screaming. Yeah. But they're going to be in there. Like the guy, this is one of those movies where it just felt like, oh, I'm going to get to do the cool vampire fake blue face. uh, Oh, I know. (laughs) You know? That hospital bed dream. Where he's just yeah, he's got the uh, yeah, it's like the Salem's Lot vampire face, you know, or the Exorcist demon. That's just a jump scare out of nowhere. But it's Rick Baker getting to do this cool horror homage to one of his favorites. He gets to do a guy in three different stages of decaying. Oh yeah, one of my favorite. Yeah, the the Griffin Dunn work. The first Griffin Dunn work is gross. His shredded throat. All of the... Oh, God. So they get attacked by a werewolf out in the moors. God, that's a scary scene, man. Because we that start builds with... builds to some really tense When they scare. get dumped off the, the sheep truck yeah. and have to hike several miles into town. Did they know what they were doing? No, man. What These the guys, hell kind of a trip was this? Is that what backpacking around Europe is? I could, uh, that's my this worst seems fear. aimless. Are this you seems kidding me? awful. They're out on the moors. Is that I don't know what, I... what that is, but it sounds bad. And Dude. it's basically the middle of nowhere. They have jackets with no tents or anything. They, they don't... don't even ask, like, hey, is there an inn around here while you're kicking us out of the bar? They're just like, yeah, we'll just walk in I the love dark. a good uh, small town <laughs> with a secret in a movie. Yeah. And the slaughtered I get, lamb. I get the tense vibes going into the slaughtered Pardon. lamb. Great logo on Great. the slaughtered slaughtered Oof. lamb storefront. I bet there. Rick. I, I'm pretty sure Rick painted that. That's, <laughs> it's that beautiful, feels like a man. Where's the lamb? It's just like a wolf's yeah. head with like a sword through well, it. No, seriously, Griffin Dunn is so me. If I'm on a trip like this, <laughs> like my friend would be like, "Yeah, it's fine. We'll just walk up the road." I'm like, "No, hold on, hold, yeah, hold on. on. What is going on here?" Yeah, Griffin. D- these two are great. Yeah. I think I appreciate David Naughton more and more. I'm, it's easy to get distracted with some of the other really fun performances in the movie. Yeah. But we'll get to it later. But his performance, especially in the transformation, is, God, it really helps a lot of scenes. He's I, great. He's really fresh-faced when he needs to be. You I was know? just going to – I think I picked up the most rewatching it this last week. Uh, he's such a child in yeah. this movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He acts like the older. I mean, the older I get, the younger yeah. uh, he feels in this movie. When they're walking down the moors, talking about uh, that girl's body, there's yeah. nothing dull about that. That's super bad. Oh yeah, I know. Like, that's animal. These guys house. are like barely in college. These right? guys are basically like the rushes at Animal House. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I ever really picked up on that, but yeah, he's such. I a really innocent. felt it this time. Now that I'm an old dude, now I can tell. Like this guy's supposed to be like twenty. Yeah. These guys are like, like again, Griffin Dunn's talking about getting laid from the same girl for like five, six years now. These guys know nothing. Yeah. These guys are just diving in bad. But yeah, I really. And then they I, step into a werewolf movie. Like, it's oh, so gosh. funny. It's such a transition into like, oh, now we're in the dark. And yeah, it there's really, a wolf surrounding us. And oh, man, the way they have the flashes of the wolf and the gore oh, and that my opening. Oh, gosh. It's a scary, scary movie. I mean, yeah. it builds the tension, but it also integrates the comedy really well. When you're getting the idea that these guys are just two guys desperate to get laid <laughs> on like a college European backpacking trip that they have no idea what they're doing. And the sudden pivot to like them being like, go on, get out of here. <laughs> just like, oh, sh-. like holy <laughs> shit. They're in the pub. No one likes him. He makes yeah. the guy miss the dartboard. So they uh, <laughs> yeah. have to get out of there before they get their asses kicked. But like, uh, yeah, when even the barmaid is like, you can't just let them go. Yeah. I'd be like, why is she saying that? Yeah. They did not ask enough questions when they iced out this room of like 15 guys all in there. Like, man, they look like a couple of dummies in their like North Face puffy jackets. Everybody else is wearing like their cool like. Like yeah, houndstooth like they were, hats uh, with sailors uh, or farmers or yeah, they had this kind of weird longshoreman vibe to me. A couple of these guys, yeah, but I in love the middle these of the small little towns. Yeah, it's one bar in town with like fifteen people. It just like and these yeah. guys come in with their puffy jackets, the like rubbing scratch. their hands, like <laughs> just... like Harry and Lloyd, like mmm, soup of the day. That sounds good. Everyone's got a Guinness, and these guys get tea with like the china they, set you know comes what? out under the table. I'd like to think if I was in these guys' shoes, not only would I ask more questions questions and demand more answers i don't think i'd be the guy like no that doesn't sound good what else can you do 
Like <laughs> when in Rome, I Get would be. Beer. I would try to my best to read this room. Get a beer. This guys. room was reading a lot of yellow flags. They and, were almost. And they intentionally didn't pick up. But on. yeah, like they tried to let these guys slide. Like, yeah, you know the 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 bald guy starts telling a story and a joke. And then, yeah, Griffin Dunn's got to be like, what's that pentagram for? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Ugh. This movie plays as such tried, an outright comedy. It plays like a parody of these kind of movies, like a sex horror comedy. Right. Like you walk into a pub and there's a pentagram with candles on it. Yeah. There's there's like a camp element to, to a lot of this yeah. before the actual scares come into it. And it gets deserved laughs. Like it's intentionally funny. It's a It's a risk. To you know, it'd be weird if the Wolfman start out cracking jokes with the Gypsy Woman. <laughs> you know, he gets cursed, man. Yeah, like it's not it gets not funny real quick, and it really hits you with the tragedy element, you know, real quick. But until then, you get this hour build through kind of like a you know before sunrise kind of story, right? Well, it's crazy. There, yeah, with like a horror comedy element and like. They, gore effect comedy. He gets it. Yeah, they get attacked by the werewolf. Griffin Dunn and, gets and that torn attack's apart. scary, man. That's scary. They take. By the way, also, if I wasn't going to ask any questions, at least I would stay off the moors. There's even a moment where they they're like they told us to stay on the moors. Uh oh. These like, guys were they were asking they were asking for it. Yeah, it's hard to feel bad for them. When it's they, tough, but it's, when they, they were get off the this. road. There's one road. It's easy to stay on this one road. They immediately... What do you do? Cut through the moors? You stay on the road in America. Yeah. Right? It's not an England-only thing. Who's taking shortcuts in the English countryside? Idiots. This is the stupidest. These guys are there's no lights over there. Let's go that way. Yeah. What are we doing, Especially after you were in a room with 15 townies (laughs) that were like... We don't talk about that word here. <laughs> and you're just like, all right, well, we'll be skedaddling. Well, when the guy's like, be off with you now. And God rest your souls. Or something. Like, like, oh. What does he mean by that? <laughs> Why did everybody nod when that guy said that? <laughs> like, yeah, I think I would at least at that point, I'd be like, all right, I'm already shit out of luck. I might as well go, you know. Yeah. Gotta go out swinging a little bit. We'll just we'll just stay outside the slaughtered lamb for a while. Dunn, stay in town. Done is that it seems like the same kind of sex comedy because he has that same kind of loudmouth friend who always boasts about getting laid, who's never been laid vibe. Oh, yeah. That's in every one of those nineteen eighty one sex comedies that were dominating the cinema at the same time as all the werewolf movies. <laughs> it's like fusing up that nineteen eighty one sex right. Friday the thirteenth throat slashing, like like Porky's the werewolf. Yeah, man, movie. right? It was combining all of that, and god damn, does it work? This yeah. is like this is in the discussion for greatest werewolf movie. Has to be. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm I, I'm not kidding. It it it's something where it's like make your top ten like horror movies. This <laughs> yeah. one's trying to not put or, this on there. You know, right? since since we saw it that that first time on the big screen eight years ago. Yeah, I watched I watched this movie like once a year probably. And I just, it's a that comfort. Yeah, man. Which it's is crazy because, yeah, it is, there's so much disturbing stuff in it. Yes. He's having all these terrible nightmares. Jack is. These nightmares have, are intense, has, man. Has there ever, uh, ever been another horror movie where, like, the protagonist is just being told, you have to kill yourself? Yeah, man. The whole movie. This guy's really getting pushed. The by, only to way go to. Crazy. The only way to, you know. And the curse is to kill yourself. <laughs> yeah. And you got to do it before the next full moon, which is like in a week because you were in a three-week Dude. coma. And uh, yet I'm like, oh, I like this movie. Yeah, yeah I'm into this. <laughs> this is I fun. like these vibes. I'll see you again in six months. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's so well done. It's got this iconic, like, <laughs> you know, it's got like a uh, this adult contemporary cool soundtrack. Yeah. Van Morrison and Blue Moon, you know, all these great, expensive oh, yeah. to license the CCR, songs, right? The CCR. the CCR, Bad Moon Rising. Yeah, anything with moon in the title gets gets a shot in this movie. But, you know, I think this viewing, you know, my fifth, my sixth, however many times I've seen this movie and in and out of the theaters, David Naughton was, man, he was such a big thing in this. I think he's a I think big I, reason why it's so comfortable. He is so yeah. low-key great in this movie. Yeah. The unease that he's showing, and also the happiness. His romance with the uh, Jenny Agutter is cute. 
That's hot stuff, that's right? That's the that stuff could... that seems like a dream. Like, yeah. oh, the nurse falls for you and yeah, brings right? you home and this whole bangs A lot you. of this feels like a crazy, like, coma dream. Mm-hmm. You're in and out of double deep dream sequences with this guy. He's waking up and making out with the hottest nurse in London. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, come on. By far. Come on, buddy. They even show you another. swung that. They show another nurse who is. Not hot. No, they show Over that. Made you up. know that other that was nurse. was like a clown. Before woman Jenny Aguder showed up, you know that other nurse was like London nurse, sev- like a seven. <laughs> Jenny Aguder shows up. She throws off the curve for everyone on the yeah, shift. Big time. It's like the oh great. It's like Maggie Gyllenhaal and secretaries coming to work from us now. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's so good though. I love her, and she d- she has a lot of trash. She has a lot of these kind of. Oh jobs. yeah. I don't know if I know her from anything else. I'm sure I've seen her. Logan's Run. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's awesome. She's pretty iconic in that, actually. Yeah, she's done, man, she's done those kind of shitty Italian movies with Michael Moriarty. Mm. She works the way way we love these actors that do. She's one of them. This is such a fun little, like, dip into a bunch of genres, though. The horror's really scary. The comedy's really funny. The romance is, like, sexy. They have chemistry, like really good chemistry, I think. Yeah. I like their little relationship. They're going antiquing. It is. Kind of, you know, yeah. they're like uh, planning dinners. He's like making this faces is, on the on the. Yeah, tube. the punk scene. That's funny. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. like a cute spirit. It's like, what are we doing? Like, what? This is, his friend died. All this is, be- all this is before Griffin Dunn died. Well, and then it, it's he's three, very he's, open about like seeing his dead friend in the room yeah. about thinking he's a werewolf. Like. This is very much uh, time after time where Mary Steenburgen's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, you think you're a time traveler? Come home. Yeah. I got a bed. One bed. <laughs> These um, girls, but right? I just Yeah, there's a great scene where, yeah, the nurse is like, I'm going to be honest, David. I'm very attracted to you. <laughs> just yeah. like, yeah, this is what I want to hear. You're so hot. <laughs> She's so good. I know. Yeah, it's like, is, is this a dream? Right? The yeah. whole thing seems so just fake and surreal for so much of the runtime it snaps awake so hard oh my God. during his transformation because a lot of this feels like you know it's that same tension i get from rosemary's baby where you don't know if she's if going crazy yeah. but you kind of do get that sense that we are getting something pretty bad. We wouldn't have this movie if they didn't pay off something bad. Yeah. You know. And you whenever I've seen it in the theater and you've seen it there's always like you can tell new faces, new people that are getting to see this. I got to see mine with a baby. <laughs> got to see like a 2-year-old get to experience for the first American time. American Werewolf. Yeah. That'll leave an impression. Yeah, like two seats over from well, a yeah, baby. That whole first hour really is, am I going crazy? Am I a werewolf? I keep getting visited by my dead friend telling me that I am. Who gets... Dude, but but obviously, that's that can't be real. Like, that's the thing. It's like, no, this can't be real. What happened cannot be real. Yeah. And when it becomes real, and he's just like, Jesus it's, Christ. It's also got that great Hitchcock kind of plot where he claims, no, my memory is fine. Mm-hmm. These things did happen. There was a wolf. That great shot of when Griffin Dunn gets ugh, mauled. And we get to see his flappy neck later. Yeah. It's disgusting. I was sitting right underneath that on the screen, just like You can see like his like esophagus basically I know. coming out. Supposedly there's like a cut version where he that piece of toast he's eaten has fallen through his uh, uh, neck beautiful. holes. Beautiful. Landis cut it down for ratings purposes. Mm. Cut the sex scene stuff out. The toast coming out of some makeup would have that's would have too, that's a bridge too far, man. I mean, that's true. I mean, man, we see Hog in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> David Naughton, Cool Actors Club. We did. Oops. All right, here we, we got go. there again. Bring it up. We got there again. David Naughton in the club. Add him to the list, man. Okay, so this werewolf transformation that comes oh, like yeah. an hour into the movie, right? It is. Yeah, pretty much right. Pretty at, deep right in an hour. And he's getting warned, and these visits from Griffin Dunner, it's all these funny lines delivered by somebody that just looks, that would be the most horrifying thing you'd ever seen in your life. Yeah. If you were experiencing these realistic visions, all dating, stemming back to your wolf attack on the moors, mm-hmm. then in a coma for three weeks, there's a lot of unprocessed trauma. 
that David is repressing. Uh, yeah. He's denying bit. a lot of things up to the very last minute. But that's a tough out. That's a tough twenty four hours, man, to spend well, yeah. before you you might be a wolf man. I yeah, it really hit me too. The last time was like when we have that montage set to Bad Moon Rising. Yeah, he's not just putzing around in the apartment. He's he's sweating it out. He's scared, man. It's like he's, I, I'm he's, scared. He's got to find out at some point tonight if this is all real or if he's totally crazy. You know. Like this is me in 2012 going here we go that it's time coming. you like ate no. that experimental like blowfish and <laughs> yeah. you didn't know if you were gonna live for the next 24 hours exactly but imagine that imagine being told like you'll be dead tomorrow but you'll be totally fine up until that point man the sweat coming through that guy's 50 50 shirt man oh yeah rough and then and, yeah when it and hits I like really a bolt felt, of lightning I really felt him in this he was so important to that scene. The effects are hard to not be center stage. This is, you know, maybe the greatest practical effects shot in a movie ever. Rick Baker would have all the content, you know. Yeah. Rick Baker would have a bunch of these because Videodrome, just a year or two later, would mm. match it, you oh, know. yeah. The guy that did the thing. Uh, you know, this exactly. is the era. This is all within that two years. But the pain I don't think I've ever seen a werewolf movie where you really get the pain of the transformation. It's always just like a, huh? and then like whiskers come out of oh his my face. God. That wolf man from like 41. Yeah. It's just like him just blankly staring at the camera while, while more, more hair grows hair on his just, face. He's just like, <sighs> yeah, <laughs> just waiting for this it is to my end. life now. Yeah. The pain, the, the, the moment where he apologizes to Jack yeah, you know, man. while he's tr- and when he's just like, oh, I should. Dude. It's kind of like I should have believed you. Well, I love that it gets that, that we watch of, this guy sweat like regret in it. You know, there's we, like this. We watch this guy sweating out the night. Yeah, like even if he, even if at this point you somehow don't believe it, because let me tell you, I'd believe it at this point. And there's nothing you could do, no matter if you believe it or don't. Yeah, like you know, have this sense of impending, unstoppable doom. That's scary. I was really feeling that, and he was really putting me there. And then when he – it's late, late enough in the night, and he, they, Landis kind of cools you down with that kid that only says no. Yeah. What a weird, funny choice as a, as a cutaway gag right before the scariest thing fun kid. in cinema, yeah. right? But there's always a kid around. There's always this childish – Yeah. You know, childishness. And again, yeah, to it. I picked up on David's just like, oh, man, this guy's wet behind the ears. Even her, her apartment for an adult nurse. Love it. Like Mickey Mouse dolls everywhere, and basically like yeah. How Rainbow, did Landis get so much Rainbow Disney into shit. this movie? Yeah, how that happened? There was so much Mickey and Minnie Mouse stuff inserted into the goriest shots of the movie. I don't know why it's allowed to still exist. I have no idea how that's a thing. <laughs> I don't know how he. Man, he's good. There's got to be an answer for that. He's out good. There. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he knows where the bodies are buried. <laughs> and well, it's probably one of those where like no one had thought to do it before. Yeah. And he's sure, like, right? And then Disney's like, putting this wait, all, a wait a minute. Do Nobody have, should be doing this. You don't have anything on the books about this? Yeah. <laughs> but I love, you're talking about how, you know, the original Wolfman, and I love the original Wolfman, when he's just, yeah, it's a time-lapse screen of more hair growing on his face. It looks great, but, you know, it's 1941. Yeah. And you can tell Rick Baker saw that as a kid and was like, I'm going to make hair coming out of stuff look really good. This man made... This man made the whiskers come out of Michael Jackson's face. Oh, yeah. No, this, this guy did knows thriller. this shit. This guy, I mean, you talk about what's the best part of Thriller. The part where the whiskers come out? Yeah. Every, everybody's going to say where the whiskers come out. Honestly, yeah. That opening where he becomes the werewolf before they're in the movie theater? Yeah. Kind of prefer that to the singing zombies. Man, Thriller's scary. Yeah. When the whiskers come out, it's scary. And Rick Baker, ugh. When and John Landis directed that. Yeah, I feel like we brought that up in a. This had to get him the episode. gig, right? I would think Thriller so. was the next year. Oh, yeah, seems direct. Michael Jackson was a Michael fan. Jackson was a fan of American Werewolf. This was a big That's movie. Something we haven't. They come invented with awards yeah. to honor this movie. Not many movies can say that. That's true. They give honorary Oscars. Not many horror. They movies, invented probably, a right? category that were like, "All right, we blew it. This is a thing that people are doing now. People are this good at it now. Mm-hmm. This needs to be awarded." That transformation is probably the greatest scene in horror history. 
I mean, it, ha- in the conversation. It's, uh, I was yeah saying before, it's like, if you know nothing else about American Werewolf, you know about the transformation scene. I feel like growing up, that was always shown on TV during like 25 greatest <laughs> yeah. moments in horror or whatever it would be. This always got its due. Yeah, any, oh, for sure. Any critic that hated this movie said, however, <laughs> right. it was very, like, exactly. they were, like, praising these gore effects. Like, I don't think Ebert liked the movie, but he thought the effects were, like, next level. Yeah, I this definitely is a, remember watching, like, documentaries, like, about this scene, essentially. <laughs> yeah, right? And it's how, as famous as, uh, as yeah, like, Psycho. How they it's like did the shower it. scene oh, it's in the shower Psycho. Scene. Yeah, exactly. This is as iconic, hands down. This is an effects marvel. I mean, Videodrome is a grosser movie and has some crazy stuff in it. Videodrome is a landmark just a year or two later. The Thing, the next right. year. Wow. That's not just the most amazing execution. That's a guy with some crazy ideas. But this movie? <laughs> this is... Rick Baker gets his ideas out there, man. And this transformation is terror. Once, yeah. when David is finally like, all right, it's like 1130, like, this, maybe this isn't going to happen, you know? I feel fine. Like, I'm worrying too much just reading a, a paperback. Mm-hmm. That jolt of pain through his, like, front of his forehead when he yells out that Jesus. God, that's scary. That's, yeah. like, the, that's like the Olivia. The way it goes from nowhere uh-huh. to 100 yeah, and there's like a soft music playing. <laughs> the blue moon. But he's just on the floor he's writhing. He's agony, man. Sweating. Those screams are like the, the screams that like Olivia Hussey does in Black Christmas, man. Scary screams. His screams are real. That pain. When he keeps transforming and his like head's looking around at his distorted, writhing body. Like David Naughton put a lot into that scene. Yeah. Rick Baker gets so much credit for these dessert. Rick Baker did these in full light. Yeah, His transformation is the, in a well-lit living room. Yeah, right. No shadows, you know, like all of these were done in the broad daylight. Like, oh, incredible sequence. Took months and months and months to set up, right? That's what I remember him talking about. Yeah, when, when we saw him, it, it really was like, yeah, I worked on these for six months. And then <laughs> yeah. it took about six hours to shoot it. And there was something where it was like... I think like, these things take a where, lot of time to shoot. Well, they get, take a lot of time to set up and yeah. stuff. But, I mean, once you roll camera... Yeah, it's all like this one effect like, happening, right? Yeah. But all these different effects go into... There's so many shots that have an uh, evolution mm-hmm. of his transformation. Every one of them painful. He's screaming things the whole are stretching, time, man. You know, Imagine bones having your popping. bones popping and snapping yeah. and being pulled and stretched in new ways, man. While you're just sitting through it. Oh, God. We've all had bad headaches where it felt like our like bones were hurting, right? Imagine that just excelling and keep getting a dial turned up on it. And yeah. David Naughton Knowing puts you can't that stop over. It. Yeah. His terror's real. And this movie had been funny. <laughs> like, very good. Very funny. Very quippy. Very quick. Yeah. And then the, the terror just snap. It, like, turns on, man. Our crowd was, like, laughing with it. They were having a fun time. And then this stopped them cold. People sat up and just stared at this guy's agony. Definitely. Iconic And then scene. it's a scary wolf. Like, it's not yeah. just a man with fur. I really like the idea that they went full, like, I think Baker called it Hound from Hell. Yeah, man. When he was talking about it. It's like, they, yeah, they go all fo- on, on all fours, unrecognizable as a man. Just a giant wolf. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, they, you know, when a movie like this delivers those kind of gore effects early on it would be crazy if they somehow didn't deliver on a monster sure right if they somehow weaseled their way around that like oh but that throat stuff right (laughs) you know i mean you could see it right you could see that kind of thing getting axed or them thinking the werewolf looked too hokey Yeah, yeah it needed a guy this movie needed a guy like rick baker this couldn't have been made in like 78 it's needed a guy with Baker's talent. Now I'm thinking, it was like, man, what if Rick Baker had worked on Jaws? How yeah. cool would that shark have He probably been? did work on Jaws uh, yeah, doing probably. something, right? Probably. He worked on everything doing those kind of effects, yeah. like in some capacity. Yeah. <laughs> but this movie needed a guy that could make a realistic, unique, scary puppet wolf, which we just didn't have the puppet wolf technology in the late 70s. No. We needed to get there. 
we needed a trailblazer. A man they invented give him an awards award. for. <laughs> and then give him a ton of them. The John Williams of, of making just oh, yeah. fat suits and slimy stuff. 100%. How can you not love this man? It's crazy we haven't talked about more. He's so important to like so many of my favorite. I mean, we're not going to be doing a nutty professor episode. <laughs> yeah, we could just knock out <laughs> one episode of every Rick Baker fat suit. We should look him up and do a real quick off the cuff like top ten bakers, <laughs> and then have to we have to include stuff like clumps. All right, he did I, like all the clumps in the ten spot. I got to go clumps. Can you imagine him <laughs> deciding the size of like the the twelve year old boobs oh, like the, the fat kid with the hercules he's like how should we shape his Wait, torso that kid was practiced no <laughs> <laughs> oh was the kid real <laughs> i don't think that was eddie murphy <laughs> how much fun was that guy's career what what crazy wild th- this guy's like jim henson just a visionary mm. a guy who created things that nobody else could create you know what Andy Serkis has brought to these modern eight movies, Rick Baker really had, like you said, he had the eight market cornered. And everybody loves eight movies. We always get eight movies. Oh, yeah. So Rick Baker, it's so cool how many different things he did. This. He's so important to this movie. But, yeah, this time, the real Jenny Aguder and David Naughton, they, they're really, really important. They got that heart at this mm-hmm. story. This movie isn't just gore effects, revolutionary or not. You know, in the thing, it had the revolutionary effects, but they were like brothers at arms who also kind of hated each other. These were like, right. you, you get know, a lot of that tension and drama. There's in the tension, thing. there's heart, there's something at stake here. Their yeah, lives yeah. have suddenly different meaning, unexpectedly so, right? You meet the girl of your dreams and you get slashed by a werewolf. Oh, you know, yeah, it's, such know it's, du- like a, you know yeah. it's such a dumb team plot story. But you got Landis then guys. pivots to a real serious finale yeah pretty brilliant you know and that's why the movie holds up and let me tell you who thinks it holds up so when we saw this movie 13 years ago at silver screen (laughs) and we got that great roundtable discussion with you know i had to ask a dumb question these people were very open these never thought i'd be in the same room as rick baker i know getting to talk to that guy that's crazy who am i (laughs) but it was moderated you remember by Lustig, our friend, the biggest brain, William you know, the most in, uh, biggest brain about film ever, man. One of the great and, storytellers. Oh yeah, this of, guy remembers everything. He's worked industry. with everybody. He knows every story. He's so and he remembers it all. One of the most entertaining guys. And you talk about a guy who's important to the film industry in a totally different way. Bunch yeah, of legends yeah. on this stage, right? Blue Underground, right? Yeah, yeah. That's Lustig, the biggest, and. So it's getting towards the end of the movie and it's it's like the theater scene. I wanted to be I had to use the restroom and I wanted to be back in time for the the final Jenny Aguder wolf scene. Yeah. I'm a sucker for those scenes, man. I cry in King Kong. I cried in two thousands sure. King Kong. Like Naomi Watts and that big monkey. Like, yeah. That hit and I'm a dummy. But like these kind of <laughs> I'm the guy I, I, who's I'm, like I'm right there with you, like, man. You know, that's why the fly works. Because oh, the devastated. humanity is still there in Goldblum. Yeah. He's not 100% transitioned yet. It's It might be low, but he's still in there. That's scary, man. That's that's what the end of this really, yeah. That's what it gets to. to and, it's, and I wanted to be back for that. And so I was like, man, but I don't want to miss the Q&A. Because, you know, obviously I was going to hog the mic. And so I <laughs> run off to the restroom. And I get in there right when everybody in the Q&A was getting theirs out. Before oh. they had to do the Q&A. So there's like five urinals, and I'm at one of them, and the other four are Lustig, Landis, Rick Baker, and David Naughton. Wow, they all went together. Me and the dudes. <laughs> and, uh, and nobody's really nobody's really saying anything except for Bill, who's like yelling to everybody. And he's, I'm still remembering, everybody's just sitting there peeing, and he's just going, you know, that really holds up. That holds up pretty good. You're holding up the pee. Just yelling while well, 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 all of the oh Q&A and this doofus are just standing here uh, holding it. That's beautiful. <laughs> there you go, man. That's wow. movies. That is, a, that is a moment you're going to remember <laughs> for the rest so of your life. Stupid. So dumb. It wasn't... I did? thought I had the cool story from that year of like going to that VIP dinner because I oh, right. covered you were, it you for the, the Bohemian. Exactly. 
Yeah, and me and no, I staked out a the urinals to pee with them and hung out. Yeah, I mean, so that's how low key this was. These guys had no security or anything. Yeah, Rick Baker and John Landis was like, you know, they'll let any murder just wander around in the (laughs) bathroom (laughs) unaccompanied by police. Like no one told these guys what the Roxy was really like. Yeah, right. And uh, yeah, that kind of random thing can happen at these kind of fun cons you know they had those guys and like the friday the 13th or uh nightmare oh, yeah. on elm street england people. and uh, yeah england and heather Langenkamp. Langenkamp. that was a big year man that was but crazy rick baker and all so these guys fun. are so real but they had such this perfect vision that came together right and oh, yeah. once the kills start happening man these are rough he's going after homeless more, it, dudes more blood going after people yeah like he's He's murdering, man. Yeah, the he guy knocks the... out six night one of being night a wolf. one. He gets six of them in yeah. three separate like incidents. It's nothing. This Pretty guy's good. already used to it. Sure, he had a dream where he was like eating a deer leg. Yeah, but this is him like slashing his throats and yeah. like eating man, like and not just like the upper crust. Like he goes to hobos almost <laughs> instantly. Yeah, but then he's like. Mm. He meets, does go back. Yeah, he, uh, he follows somebody a little more upper crust. I better go back to the tube. The tube scene. Scary. How can a movie have a scene so scary as that werewolf transformation that it has this other horrifying scene that gets totally overshadowed? You know, the movie always gets, like you said, every documentary about like the 10 scariest horror movies, you know, that always showed up. That the transformation. transformation all, every sure. time. Never got because of that the tube scene. You can't put the same movie twice in yeah, one of these countdowns. That's lazy. So this movie always overlooks the tube scene. Whew. That's an iconic horror scene. That That's scary, uh, man. Tense. That POV wolf shot chasing that guy low through these things. All and it's that old horror movie trope of like this guy runs a long time with that thing nowhere in sight, <laughs> and that it's right, it's right behind him. You know, oh. man, he kind of. I, I this guy gives up though, man. Yeah, he's he on the escalator, easy. and he's just. Like, I'd be a I'm scrambling. Yeah. I'd be. I'd have no dignity and be scrambling like, up that stairs. Man. I think if a wolf is chasing me, I don't get tired. Man. Like I just, I don't just go like, well, I'm beat. Yeah, that guy had a quitter's mentality. I yeah. think that's a British thing. <laughs> I, think, yeah, I think that. You're I think that captured the the You're mindset. I got chased. Man, my neighbors had a big old mean dog named Mary Jane when I was a kid. Big old wooly black dog. Chased me all the time, man. My friend Colin lived on the other side of this house. Right. I remember running from that dog and like hoping my front door was unlocked. Never got hurt. But geez, man, there's a reason why they put kids getting chased by dogs in these kind of movies. Totally. They're scary. It's a fear a lot of young people have. And... Once that fear is primal kinda, stuff, yeah, man. Once that primal thing is manifest, David Naughton gets to take this to a whole new level. The way they bring back comedy with his after his murderous rampage, he gets to show Hog in a zoo, just be naked in a zoo just with balloons, doing these Benny a Hill coat. like comedy routines <laughs> in a zoo. One, man. I was just gonna say it's one hundred percent like the bad British comedy, yeah, of him like zipping by and stealing a woman's coat, yeah. And like, take, yeah, stealing balloon, talking bush. It was bush only stuff. missing like yakety sacks. It would have been the same stuff. He's like talking to a little kid, and it's just like, don't talk to a kid, dude. You're, kid, don't bargain with a kid when you're naked. You got to stick, you got to move. You gotta I like keep that moving. kid. He's got these the great, balloons. The kid got these great little lines. And then, uh, yeah, if a bush starts saying, hey, kid, come over here, I'll give you a pound. I'll give you two pounds. Two pounds ain't going to cut it. Yeah, man. Five pounds at least. Different right? economy in nineteen eighty one. Six pence or something. This was a wolf economy. Yeah, knowing nothing <laughs> about British currency, maybe he's offering him twenty bucks. But I, I think know. you know I was, and you're probably in the same boat. I was so drawn to this movie because of hearing about all the effects. I'm such a big fan of Baker. You know, you have to. You know, that's why I sure. sought it out. I didn't know who David Naughton was, and he's a pepper. Yeah, man. The more I see this, <laughs> that's the only the other thing I know him from is the Dr Pepper commercials. <laughs> Yeah, man, he's so great in this, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's the way Heather Langenkamp was so great through the Elm Street, you know, the ones she got to do, but, like, I don't know, I'm not as well-versed yeah. in the others, but he's so perfect in this. Him and Griffin Dunn, this would have been a perfect, like, uh, Landis version of Flesh and Blood. Yeah. Right? Paul Morrissey, you know, having Udo Kier and the other guy being in both oh, movies. Oh, sure, like, man. We, I wanted to see... Naughton and Griffin Dunn be a team in every kind of monster genre horror movie. <laughs> but this I is also that. not that far removed from being like 
two guys going to spring break exactly, yeah, under false identities in, in a stolen car. Like, it's not that far from that kind of beach sex comedy. And, I mean, that's what American Werewolf in Paris is from the 90s. Did you ever oh, see God. that sequel? That's some bad CGI. That's rough. I can't wait to do that one. Yeah, let's do it. I want to do it. That's the first Julie Delphi we got to do. Oh, there you go. That's the reason I've watched that movie like three <laughs> times. Like, Julie Delphi doing a bad CGI werewolf movie. Oh, see? Like I said, American Werewolf's bef- like before sunrise. Oh, wow. Julie Delpy did We're making the, uh, connections They here. did the before sunset. <laughs> that means we still get like the before midnight. We get a bad, shitty God. werewolf movie. I got to think that there's always been like some talk or chatter of doing. There's got like this should be a franchise. Yeah, Why, are we not Why are we American not American werewolf this? in Rome? American werewolf in Where Egypt? in the world is this? Amer- yeah. Let's go. Rio not de Janeiro. Enough. There's, I mean, we still get great werewolf movies. The Cursed is mm. my favorite movie of 2022 got in and out of theaters three weeks still at the uh that was like early kind of february yeah things were still february locked, locked bad movie release yeah. oh scary movie not a pure wolf movie but wolfman elements cool great great movie but i don't know why i don't know why not why not more <laughs> why not more this is when america dared to dream when america <laughs> made a movie about werewolves that was so oh, no. good. You're not going to go into a Make America Werewolf No, 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 again, man. <laughs> I mean, this is a movie that spawned yeah. awards, and deservingly so. The tender touch that David Naughton and, and Jenny Gooder carry into the transformation, it's just like The Fly. Fly hits me even harder. Fly is master wolf. But there's no moment in The Fly where like all the dead people are being like, you could stab yourself. Oh, man. You could drown yourself. What a great yourself. return of all these gutted, gross when, corpses, man. Yeah, when That's the, the thing. When, That's why it's Gremlins 2. Almost the last third of this movie takes place in a porno theater while a porno's yeah. going on. He's sitting yeah, there we with to be, We get to see a good portion of Griffin See You Dunn. Next Wednesday. Is that what I was going yeah, to like, sure We see the See You Next Wednesday posters in the tube <laughs> murder scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. By the way, that wolf coming from the top of the screen. That's so scary. Oh man, that's so scary, right? So scary. God, when he when you you know you're looking for something. <laughs> and that when those paws and that mouth come through. Oh god. Yeah. Such a great scene. I know you go from those scares to him, yeah, realizing he's actually become this murderer. Yeah. He's talking to yeah, his This guy is so the honest and so like sincere and trying to do the right thing. But even like okay, so he calls his little sister on the phone and like yeah. kind of says goodbye, thinking he's gonna try to kill himself. Then he puts like a little Swiss army uh, knife, I know. pocket that, knife that's next a tough to his way wrist. To go, buddy. Like, oh and it's like he's such a child. I know. Like that's how like he a doesn't know what's going a on. Ten year old who's like, I'm gonna kill my kill. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, eh, eh, with a butter knife, you know, this just is like tough, man. Come on, guy. This is like no. this is like big if big was a horror movie. It's like so we go through all these emotions <laughs> and then there's like this very British funny like Yes, it's a real downer that you murdered well, me. Well, like, there's this great kind of s- connection that's, I guess you could say unnecessary, but I like the classic Hammer Films tension of mm. having this doctor who was kind of moved by what David had to say in there the other day. Like, the guy that actually, well, he was clear That's right, we haven't even he talked about the crazy. doctor's subplot of him going to the I village mean, and, like, investigating A lot of things. it is so unimportant, but it adds that classical flair to these great old Hammer werewolf movies where, like, the one man is on to it, and he's not yeah. a prof- he's not a private investigator, but he's smarter than the average They even man. make the Oliver Reed reference. Right? It's a Lon great Chaney. version of that character. Yeah. And this guy, I don't know who he is, was really oh, good going... 186 credits, all of them, like, oh, British TV. Sure, right? Yeah. Guy's one of the biggest working actors everywhere. From like Somebody's 58. Uncle, right? He started in like the late 50s. Yeah. But I like that they gave David that not gaslit, grounded realism. They didn't make him a guy so confused. They gave him a confidence that this was real. That's why he was scared. Not just like everything's a dream. Yeah. yeah. You know, he uh, when he's pleading this doctor, like, my memory's fine. I remember seeing a wolf and <laughs> like a shot man. You know, the doctor's like, this guy's not crazy like that fuels this whole other excuse to go back to <laughs> that yeah. small town uh, slaughtered lamb where the mood's very different now because that guy plays it like a total total big dick boss i love him in that scene <laughs> right that's like, how you play that scene boys nasty business with those boys wouldn't it and he's just like 
just playing with these dudes. He's just dudes. leading into every record scratch yeah. and bar stool squeak. Yeah. Just like going going right at there, like sniping at him, you know? He's good. Picking at all these wounds. He man. is, as as a doctor doing an investigation, he is Tom Atkins in Halloween oh, 3. Oh, yes. This is the Atkins role. This is a total, like, yeah. Doc Atkins. This is the Atkins doctor. guy going into the next town just asking questions. Getting a beer. Uh huh. Trying to questions. Trying to fit in the locals, the but making sure. You're here to stir the shit. <laughs> I love it. We get one of the young ones. Rick Mayo, I always forget about is in uh, one of the young ones, one of the guys in the pub. Oh, yeah. A lot yeah, of great yeah. faces on these dudes in the pub. Oh, man. Great hairlines, great mutton chops, great uh, flat caps. They feel real. Nice nice coats. Good good bunch of lads. Bunch of creeps. Good pockmarks on half right. of them. <laughs> A lot of good faces, right? All these guys, oh, you look up, they all got like 30 to 90 credits, right? I would think so. These yeah. are all like great dudes. So well cast all throughout. And that tension that builds as just like all these giallos. How did Frank Oz get in there then? <laughs> right? <laughs> I even love that scene where it's Mr. Kessler. Yeah. Like being his full like kind of Muppety self. Right? Yeah. It's got that weird surrealism kind of floating throughout, you know? I mean... Come on, 1981. This well, I mysterious what, town in the middle of the fog I with a like werewolf secret. What this movie does so, again, another thing I notice the more I watch it, it's like it puts you in one mood and then snaps you out of it. I think yeah. you kind of brought that up. And every moment where you're like getting too far into one mood, it knows when to pop you out of it. Yeah. Even in the very end when you're crying and weeping. <laughs> and, then, and then the end credits out of nowhere on the dead body just go... What is that? That is and it's like, well, now yeah, I'm not now sad anymore because yeah. I'm confused. And it's movie's so over. nuts. It's like he does that so much in this movie, where yeah, it gets too somber, so something funny has to happen, and then the wacky but thing happens. But it feels really controlled. And then he turns into a wolf again. It feels really intention, like he's oh, yeah. really conducting how this movie goes. And you watch it in a group, which is the best. It's a great movie to watch with a group that's oh, in yeah. this movie. And they take everybody takes every bite, you know, every turn. Exactly. Every laugh earns it. You know, every cute moment earns it. Every bit of gore earns it, man. I'm sitting underneath the screen at Griffin Dunn's dripping throat. That's sick. The un- the most underrated that movie got an Oscar. Yeah, the most man. underrated gore that I don't think Rick Baker did anything with was the- is the massive car pileup at the end. I always forget how crazy this scene is, man. And of that course, this is the guy that did over? The, the Blues Brothers. So oh, if sure. he's all like, yeah, you think car crashes are funny? <laughs> what if bodies are flying out of the windshield and getting run over? You know, and... we're car guys. Oh, you know that. Yeah, we're car guys on this on this cast. Even British cars, I guess. We have to add now like double-decker buses to our repertoire. Of... This starts like you think it's going to be some kind of, again, Benny Hill kind of like fist-shaking, mad, mad, mad world kind of pileup. Bodies start getting hit quick it's gross it's kind of a and there's a wolf running scene. around the yeah. whole time there's a wolf snapping at people imagine the panic oh yeah that it feels chaos real. right it, man this feels very chaotic and like oh imagine i being I think in the middle of just getting smashed up imagine here being at piccadilly circus already a shitty circus no animals it didn't look like a circus and i didn't it, see any big top <laughs> and suddenly just that feeling of people running towards you you have no idea what what also, a lot well, of people cops are overly to. nosy. A lot of these yeah. people were running to the animal. Mind your business, Londoners. Dude, these people were they were if asking you see a, for if so you, much. Yeah, if you see people like crowding up and cops are being like, "Get out of the way!" It's like, don't run over there. What an awful go place. the awful go they, the opposite way. But that pileup, I always forget how gruesome it is. What a bunch yeah. of like last couple minutes of the movie gore. It's complete bedlam. Yeah, it's man. Just that guy that total flies chaos. headlong out of his out of his uh, driver's side window and then gets immediately run over, bodied by four wheels. <laughs> Fuck. Jeez. <laughs> no warning, right? At first, it's like screech, bumper, 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 and then a guy just crashes through glass and gets immediately <laughs> run through like a like a trauma movie. Yeah. Holy shit! People are going through glass windows. Oh, like, brutal! But it looks real, man. Yeah, man. This looks like destruction yeah in a major public place crazy scene landis can film some no safety standards in, in days, london right? apparently yeah not on landis's sets <laughs> no good fuck <laughs> i walked right into that one and, uh, <laughs> no this movie's iconic though oh 100%. that that ending you know 
you know, right up there with the fly, really similar where it's, you know, it might be 98, 99% wolf now that he's become, but there's that 1%. That he's being, under there though. You know, as soon as the moon goes and, down, he'd go back to normal. Yeah. How, yeah, how crazy is that? You think there'd be some answer, some uh, way to keep this? All right, you know, to lock me down on this one night. Sure, there's got to be another way, right? But went too far. Had to be him. He's being told this whole time. Look, man, you're the last one. All you got to do is die. There's so many man. ways to die. Everybody's suggesting ways to, for this man to off himself for this 20 year old kid. Tough movie, but yeah, right. Landmark in so many ways. This is a big one. This is undeniable. This is one of those ones where if somebody didn't like it, how can you take that person seriously? <laughs> what complaints could somebody have about this movie, right? Too silly. Like who could, <laughs> Yeah, right? Who could love no. any kind of reasonable complaint against this movie? Yeah, it's like, again, if you only know it for that transformation scene, there's so much more going on. Yeah. There's so much gore. But if you want to... So, but like, I love just, yeah, I love the dialogue. I love the slower moments. I never noticed this before. I don't know what it means. Everyone, right. about 20 times in this movie, someone says they're freezing. They're cold. Yeah, right? How much is everybody? And I, I know if that... you're out in the moors in the middle of the night, you're going to say it's cold, but they keep repeating it. And then David's cold the whole time. I think. It's very strange. I don't know what it is. A thing that but I just, I've There's noticed. always so many things to notice, I guess. I know. One thing I've noticed is that, England tends to be the most miserable looking place ever filmed. Yeah. And I think it probably it's was impossible cool. <laughs> to write any kind of procedural or movie in England without just having it's like, oh well, people have to have cell phones in movies now. It's unavoidable. They're like, we have to have all these characters characters talking about how miserable England is all the time. Yeah. So I think that's that. That's just the a lot of people are, are huddled up. Just letting up you know and, it's London. Yeah, it's cold. I think it's it, England. You know, is if cold. you're if you're given Landis credit as a filmmaker, it's kind of this universal film thing that that keeping your arms and close to your body is this defensive, protective mm. kind of uh, on guard body Prim- language. Primal again. And again, going back to primal. So this guy, you know, he made Animal House and uh, Blues Brothers and mm-hmm. Beverly Hills Cop Three. This guy's uh, made a lot of movies, right? Spies Like Us. Yeah. (laughs) Three Amigos. I mean, he's made some flicks, man. The guy's made a real dent on cinema. He's also done some Masters of Horror, the TV show. Sure. He he knows what he's doing. Oh, yeah. Thriller, again. Scary stuff in the Adjacent to Carpenter in a lot of ways. Yeah. Landis got to work with bigger budgets. If John Carpenter got to make a Beverly Hills cop, pfft. John Carpenter would have taken 50 mil I feel like, to yeah, do a Beverly Hills cop. Landis could kind of be that middle road between like Ivan Reitman, sure, Landis, <laughs> Carpenter. Carpenter. Yeah, like, it's a good a, little like triangle like there, there right? right? Yeah. But this guy's a filmmaker. You know, Blues Brothers had some tough to choreograph scenes. Animal House, you know, American and classic, right? Classic scenes in their own right. But American Werewolf, by far, far and away, top achievement. <laughs> but what he brings to it can't be denied. That whole finishing set, that was a great set piece. That crash leading to the kind of abrupt conclusion. Yeah. Kind of came to an end when you think it might come to an end. It comes to a halt. You know, it's a quick movie. Once that werewolf transformation goes, it's pretty go, go, go right up to the sad ending. Yeah, definitely. This was a, a movie crowd that was, you know, cheering along with this movie, cheering during the opening credits, excited to see these names. It's like a quiet exit. Mm-hmm. As everybody somberly shuffles out to bomb, 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 bomb. It's a real downer. <laughs> it's a weird, uh, weird uh, mind fuck. The guy there. you love and root for, and the guy again, David Naughton, he, pl- he plays this thing like a like Tom Hanks in Big. Like he really plays it like saying. a man yeah, child, it's big as a horror movie. And to see him gunned down at the end, <laughs> yeah. He also has this very. He's always like in some sort of like nude model pose looks like this animalistic uh you know uh quadruped uh kind of it's just very interesting so all of his what he does with his body is like just very that's the stuff i was noticing this time this cool little like subtle mannerisms he was doing with his body when you know it wasn't just the rick baker effects and that transformation yeah it's his head and his arm movement and the stuff that even if his head's just popping up through a hole in the floor he is contributing a lot of this like pain and suffering, mm-hmm. this popping and gross sounds that are coming along. This guy puts in a performance. He killed it. He killed it, man. Good job, Dave. This movie is, it's an all-timer. I mean, 
like you said, top five horror movie of all time, probably. Be tough to argue that that many against. It's got to be in the discussion for top ten. Yeah, I mean, it's and, so and if you're great. talking werewolf movies, top three. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's at the top of there. so many of my lists. I mean, this yeah. in a year filled with werewolf movies, what was happening in 1981? I will never experience. Mm. But this they was, got the fever. This is incredible. Yeah, this is a and those other werewolf movies very cool. This is a movie that oh, yeah. non werewolf fans can appreciate. Yeah. This is a movie film schools show. You know, mm-hmm. it's out there. It's available to watch if you somehow have not seen this. I actually saw it on Peacock, Peacock. of all places. Perfect. I still pay five dollars a month for course, Peacock for with some ads reason. Still, yeah. God, what dirt worse? I got it when uh, Halloween Kills came out in October it's the to watch exclusive, it. Exclusive, huh? And, yeah, uh, yeah. So I've given them now. Uh, let's see, about twenty-five bucks <laughs> over the last six to months to watch Werewolf and Halloween Kills. Man, worth it. Watch Girls Five Ever, <laughs> yeah, whatever. And uh, it's it's our that's my life. <laughs> This movie's amazing. 95 minutes, super tight. Boom, oh, yeah. boom, boom. All the wrong. effects look amazing today. People were wowed. Deservedly so. This movie hits. As Lustig yelled in a crowded bathroom, this holds up. It holds up. This holds up. <laughs> <laughs> it's come to this. It has. I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. As always, thank you for listening and good night. Beware the moon. <laughs> Beware the moors. Stay on the road. It's God, the one dis- guys, if you dude, don't do anything else, stay on the road. <laughs> dead-eyed, pockmarked Brits tell you to stay on the road. You're going off in the moors? <sighs> okay. Good night. Come to this. <laughs>